Welcome to the MBP podcast. I'm Logan and this podcast is going to be diving into the trials, traumas, challenges and successes of everyday people. Now before we begin, if you feel emotionally charged or triggered, this might be an indicator of healing and self-discovery that you may need to do. Now all stories here will be valid. No story is too small or too big and no story is different in the sense that it's not about the story but it's about the emotional charge and the feelings behind your event that caused you distress or caused you success. Now, my hope in this podcast is by being open and vulnerable in this space is to help others do the same and to heal. Moving back to New Zealand was interesting. I got bullied a lot for not knowing how to speak in the same accent um, through the early days, which is always quite challenging. Um, And I struggled with men. I... I know for a fact that it wasn't necessarily the men's fault, but more my fault in my relationship with male figures. So every time I had a male teacher, it didn't work out. I was always just not okay with him. Um, I remember them trying to make me swim at a swimming pool one time, and I said, no freaking way. And I um, can't remember what fully happened, but I ended up just climbing the gate, the fence, jumped over and walked home, and I said, I'm not coming back. And so they never made me do swimming again, which was good. I remember doing the triathlons and doing the run and the, um, well, actually they made me do the swim for that, but I got a board to swim with at least. Did the swim and did the run. And then you get the bike part and um, we didn't have a bike, so I had to run for the bike part too. And <laughs> if that doesn't scream poor to you, I don't know what does. We couldn't even have a bike. To do a triathlon so and the school instead of helping a kid out in that situation or taking me away from that situation it made me do the run they didn't like me doing swimming they made me do swimming anyway and that's kind of another big um, impactful thing is the way we grow up at schools and the way we get forced to do things even if we don't want to can have a big impact on us and our choices in the future because we grow up not being able to say no to things. So as adults, how do we say no to things if we can't do it at school, if we can't do it at home growing up? Anyways, um, from 8 to 12, I think I went to about 7, maybe more different schools. The majority of them were in the same year. Uh, we moved almost every term. We moved to a new place, whether we were losing houses because we couldn't afford rent um, or because of because of a different age group of kids or pets, I don't know. Um, but we moved a lot of times, and again, with my personal struggle of being able to talk to people and being open and in relationships of any form, friendships of any kind, um, that was a struggle for me. I always found it easy to make friends. But a big thing I've always found, and in a way a big insecurity of mine, is I always feel like after a certain amount of time, people are over over me. Um, and I know that's an insecurity, but I always found that my friendships never lasted long, never more than a year. Um, and I think that came down to, in some sense, a commitment issue for me because I didn't know, I didn't have any stability in my life. There was no long-term commitment to anything school a home a family uh, friendships so that was a struggle um 
now addressing in terms of poverty. Um, there were times with our housing situation where we would have no power for a month or, so, or maybe not a month, maybe a couple of weeks or a week um, because we didn't pay the power bills in time. There were times where we didn't, we went without much food. It was worse just like kind of rice. Um, and mum would always say, be grateful, kids in Africa only get one cup of rice a day. Um, so we went through all of that kind of stuff as well, diminishing us. Um, but she always had enough money for ciggies, alcohol, weed, and whatever she wanted. But kids came, we came second with her money, with her finances, even though she was on the benefit. And in my entire life of childhood, and I think even now, I don't think she's ever worked full time in my lifetime, in the 27, 28 years of my life. Um, one of the craziest moments, I guess, was at this age group, 8 to 12, this is when you start to realise what other people have and you don't have. Things like a TV that we didn't have. On and off, we had a TV. On and off, we didn't have a TV. Depend if it broke and someone gave us a new one. Uh, so TVs, video games, PlayStation 1, Sega's, all those kind of things, Nintendos. Everyone talks about it with such nostalgic um, feelings and I barely played any of them I got a chance here and there like with uh, friends houses um, sometimes we rented them out um, but I didn't have that and everyone else talked about it and obviously I couldn't talk about it um, because I didn't know um, but one of the biggest craziest things that has stuck with me is I guess we ran out of food I don't know I honestly don't know um, and we said, you know, what's for dinner tonight, mum? And she said, oh, we're going to have chicken bone soup. Um, and so she cooked up the bones and some water. I think there's a bit of flavouring in there. Um, and I mean bones. I mean there was no meat. There was chicken bones. I don't, I don't actually remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it was from like the night before maybe. Um, a bit of water, a bit of peppercorn, some flavouring. And that was our dinner from <laughs> boiled bones. Um, and it's funny because I tell that story and I laugh, but it's really, that's just my coping mechanism, by the way. It's really not a funny thing. Like, who the, who the fuck feeds their kids bones to have for dinner because you couldn't afford it because you bought ciggies or you had to go drinking? Um, like, honestly... Sorry to anyone out there, but don't have kids until you're ready, you know? Don't have kids until you've dealt with your shit or you're, you want to be independent and do your own thing. Go do it. Don't have a child until you're ready to give that up for, for your children. Um, so at that time, it didn't really hit me hard, but when I share that story with people and the reaction I get, that's when I realised just how brutal that was. Um, there were times at school where I went to school and I asked for lunches almost daily. We would have lunch, we'd have um, bread, but we're only allowed bread sandwiches, so jam sandwich. Um, and as a growing kid, that's not necessarily enough food. So I'd go to schools and I'd get my lunches from the cantina, um, whatever you guys call me, in tuck shops. And... Um, that's how I'd get my extra food and where I could. 
and I was a skinny little white boy. I was malnourished. You could see the bones on my cheek, and I was just skin and bones, really, growing up. Um, I remember trying to play school sports, and not to sound cocky, but I seemed to have almost a natural ability to to pick up a sport pretty easily. So I tried playing a bit of basketball. I tried playing a bit of netball. Um, I was pretty good at batting at cricket, sucked at bowling. I was good at soccer. I was good at hockey. Wasn't great at volleyball, but I did okay in volleyball. Rugby, did rugby. Um, and I got to experiment with all these sports growing up. Um, but only to an extent of as soon as they asked me to pay, I'd get pulled out. So I'd try the next sport. So that was pretty, that um, was kind of a hard thing for me was always getting pulled out of sports before I got a chance to really learn the game. But I always seemed to do pretty good. Um, we even got to a time where well, actually I did quite good at hockey and I guess mum had money at the time um, and I was allowed to play for the full tournament, which was really, really freaking awesome. But things like shin guards was not really something we could afford at first. Um, so it ended up being <laughs> that the, I was good enough that the coach would ask people to switch out and put I'd get to put my shin guards, take their shin guards off and put them on so I could play. Um, and that was really cool to be able to do that. And the fact that that teacher, that coach did that for me, helped me get some semblance of normal to that degree. Um, which was cool. Um, anyways, through that age, um, 8 to 12, we finally got through to... Well, actually, no, I haven't addressed a few other things. Um, so it was still very, very ingrained into me to be protective of the family. And a very big challenging thing for me was my sister, Jamie, my younger sister, um... She always ended up getting into trouble too. So I was getting into trouble still. I was still fighting people every school I went to. Um, I don't know. I just always was ready to fight. And then um, Jamie was also the same, which is understandable. So the problem was is that she would come to me and say, hey, this person's trying to fight me. And she was always picking fight with males too. So I guess we both had a very... Um, toxic relationship with male figures so I was getting into extra fights fighting for my sister as well but I had that sense of pride of being able to be there for someone finally my younger sister um, and through this time we did end up homeless a few times and when I say homeless we still had somewhere to stay um, but we didn't have a home that was our own quite a few times uh, I think there's probably at least three or four times that we were homeless um, and again that chaotic not knowing what's going to happen next was a very real thing for us mum ended up dating another guy who had a son as well and there was a whole new dynamic there but this guy was for the most part a pretty good guy he had his own flaws and his own traumas etc we all do um, but he wasn't violent towards any of us, mum or the kids, which was good. Um, but this was 
they stayed together till I was 12. So this is the ending of this age area. Um, they got into a, they got drunk, always ends up being around alcohol and drugs for me and my stories. Um, they got drunk and he was passing out. So me and one of the housemates put him on the bed on our roommate's bed down the stairs because we couldn't carry him upstairs. And mum came home and got angry because she thought he was trying to cheat on her. Um, and they just had a full argument for ages. And then it got to a point where mum just was trying to get him to hit her. So I think um, that would have been freaking hard for this guy because she is very, very aggressive. I, I don't know if any of you out there have experienced this kind of rage, but mum had a way of making people rage and she had that rage. So as soon as she just went ballistic and angry, you just you, her energy would fuel your energy and you'd just get aggressive as well. So this guy did really well um, because she was pushing him, she was punching him and she was telling him, just hit me, just hit me. And it got to a point where he pinned her against the wall um, simply out of self-defense. Um, a 12-year-old Logan had his chance and I came out because I was trying to sleep and ignore it and I came out and I yelled, leave my mum alone. Um, and when I went up, it was actually mum that had him pinned against the wall and he was trying to hold her away. And um, he said he was really proud of me for standing up for mum, even though it was mum that was doing it all. Um, and that made me feel quite proud. Again, I was able to defend my family. Um, at this point, my older sister had moved out. She was a little bit older. She was working two or three jobs. She was stealing. She was doing drugs. Um, and at this stage, we didn't really know, apart from the thievery, because she was getting arrested and going to court a lot of times. Um, and my other sister, Ashley, she was... And externally, she did fine. She kept going through school, um, work. She didn't really have any criminal history that I, off the top of my head that I know of. Um, I always, my personal opinion of Ash, she is a bit more reserved at this point. Um, and I think she coped with everything the best out of all of us. And that's just my opinion. She probably has a whole other story. And um, <clears throat> we ended up going back to Australia for like 10 weeks and then we were living with my uncle and then my uncle said, you're going to have to start paying me to my mum. I can't support you and your children. You have to get a job. And then she's like, I'll just clean the house for you. And he's like, no, I need you to be able to pay for your, your own kids. And so we moved back and mum went back to that boyfriend. Then they broke up pretty quickly after that. And then we ended up homeless and we ended up living with my older sister Jazz for a while. And that's when it became a bit more obvious to me that she was on drugs uh, in the sense of, of crack because she was worth sleeping. Um, and that's, that's Jasmine's story for the most part. And then that was when I was 13. So 13, 14, 15 three years of high school I think I went to five different high schools as well maybe six um, by this point I was becoming a lot more calmer and I don't know if that was because
because of home environment, school environment, or or I was now shutting down. Maybe I was shutting down um, and not really letting anything get to me. Um, so I went through high school and suddenly academically I was doing pretty good. I got into an above average class a few times at a few different schools, um, which was good. But the problem that I suffered was because we moved so many times, New Zealand schools, for some reason, don't do the same topics at the same time. So, for example, I did algebra at Tauranga College, and then I moved to a college in the South Island, and we did algebra again. So I was like, I freaking know what I'm doing. This is awesome. And then when I moved back to Tauranga, I didn't learn any of the calculated stuff, the sin, con, and tan, all that stuff. Um and exams were coming up and I asked the teacher about it and he's like, I don't have time to teach you, figure it out yourself. So I definitely failed because who the fuck, oh, sorry, but who at 13, four, sorry, I would have been, yeah, 13 or 14, maybe 14. But anyways, who at that age is going to go home and study maths when they're already doing maths at school? Some of you might, but personally, I didn't want to. So, whatevs. Um, Dad came back. He reached out and came back into our lives somewhere where I was 10, 11, 12. Um, but he wasn't... He came. He reached out, obviously, at good intentions, but he just became one of those typical dads of his generation where he became a weekend dad only. He would take us to Macca's. He would buy us toys. Um, and that was the extent of our relationship. Would he be there for me or go to school events or help me with sports or anything like that? No, he didn't. Um, but I idolized him at this point because I got my real dad, um, and he was buying me stuff. And at that age, that was the best thing in my life. Like I got an Xbox and I finally started feeling like a normal kid. I had a dad, I had a mom. I had an Xbox, everyone else had an Xbox or a PlayStation at that point, and it started feeling a little bit normal. Mum got into another relationship. Um, well, there was, there was a few here and there, but none as brutal as the one in um, Northcliffe. And two, I'd say this one, and I don't even know the full extent of the story because all I know was suddenly mum was always angry and suddenly mum was very um, chaotic to a whole nother level. And one day there was a burnt floor in the bathroom and she blamed me and my sister, younger sister. Uh, everyone else had moved out, Jazz and Ash were gone. They were doing their own thing, living their own life. We all left home pretty young. And so she blamed me and my sister and we had no idea. We honestly had no idea. And I said, well, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And she got aggressive at Jamie. Jamie is a firecracker, so she got aggressive back. And then my mum punched her in the face. And I said, that's it. We're leaving. So I, the protector in me, said, fuck that. And I took my sister. Um, I took my sister to South Island with my dad. And I thought life was going to be pretty good, to be honest, because... Dad was wealthier, and I know that sounds shallow, but 
you can't you can't have a bad relationship with money. This is something I've learnt a little bit later in life, and you can't not tell me that having wealth or having some form of stability in that way isn't a good thing considering where we've come from so far. Um, so it's not really shallow, it's more of a security. And so I thought things would be good. Um, at this point I owned a total of one pair of underwear. We stayed with Dad in a caravan for a little while while he was transitioning to the South Island. Uh, he found out I only had one pair of underwear and he said, too bad, you just make sure you wash it every day. I'm not buying you anymore. Um, and that's when it really hit me that it didn't matter that dad had money because he didn't care to that he didn't have that father care that I needed like what like again what the fuck parent doesn't buy their kid more underwear when they've got one pair um, <clears throat> he was dating someone at this point who had four kids as well and there was resentment there for me because he wouldn't buy me my pairs of underwear. And then when he finally did, it was like, I get my four pairs of underwear and everyone else was getting new clothes too. And from what I could see, they all their clothes were good. All my clothes didn't fit because everything was secondhand. Um, <clears throat> so there's a little bit of jealousy for me because these kids were getting that father that I wanted from my father I don't know life for you I guess it sucks